but let's just forget about that and move on to war now because we got plenty of stuff to worry about. So great to be here with you. And I'm standing out here so I can come and touch people. So I'm just saying, I, I just miss you guys. So I'm going to have to, there's just a lot of touches that need to be done today. So good to see you. I've been, I've been getting a lot in, but everybody, there's more touches out there waiting to happen. So good to see you all. And really thank you for the opportunity to be here. Last time I couldn't come because my wife came down with COVID, so I wasn't able to make it, but glad I can be here. And I think that was just a couple months ago. Time has just flown like crazy. So I'm really excited to bring you up to date on what's happening with our ministry for God's Children International. I didn't even have time to set up my display yet because who cares about a display? I got your faces. We'll talk. That's better. So uh, for the four of you who don't know who, who For God's Children International is, this is the organization that uh, I work with. Joel Burkham is my name. And we work over in Romania and the Republic of Moldova. We started there back in the mid-90s uh, working with orphan kids because we remember the Romanian orphanage situation, those of us who are old enough to remember that back in the early 90s. So... Um, Right now, what's happening, and you might imagine, is that there's a lot going on with Eastern Europe now with this war going on. So I'm going to start out talking about that before I get too much into it. So Steve, could we put that map up of uh, Ukraine? So before I get into what we're doing, I want you to see, and I got my little pointer here, which Steve, thank you Steve for outfitting me with this. Oh, look at that. Okay, so this is Moldova. This is Ukraine right over here. So we're, we're working right down in this area, about right at that spot is where uh, our new president of FGCI Romania lives in Tulcea. Right up, this is the Danube River that empties into the Black Sea right here. So, and then Crimea is down over here. But we've been hearing and seeing all this. So Ukraine, all this area now, all these people are fleeing that can, um, the women and children. So in Moldova, the capital is about right there, and our house is about right there. We're probably 20 miles inside the border of, of Moldova, which is this little boot-shaped co- country. Now, Moldova, Romania, this is Romania. It, it all sort of used to be, this Romania came up a little higher and included Moldova, so this is kind of old Romania. Then after World War II, Moldova was given to the Socialist Re- uh, Republic of Nations. And, uh, and then after, uh, after 1992, Moldova sort of became an independent country as well. So for Romania, they, they started in 1990. They're, they uh, had their revolution in the Christmas of 1989. So Romania and Moldova, early 90s is when they gained their independence. And Romania was its own country. Moldova had been kind of bought by the, the Russians. But now all of this area around, down here to the Danube, is Ukraine. And it touches Romania. There are some borders here. So right now we have people that are coming in across the Danube River right here across these borders because it's a pretty quick way to get out of uh, the Russian influence. Moldova is a little section right up here on that top, that northeast section that is kind of aligned with with Russia, and they kind of pretend like they're their own country. It's just a little sliver. I mean, it's probably 25 miles wide up here. It's not very big. But this area, the capital right there, Chisinau, um, a lot of people are coming across this border um, all along the way, and then they're being taken to spots in in Chisinau. Then in Romania, um, right now, the the high entry points are down here and up here, and then you got uh, Hungary and Poland up here, that anybody who has the ability is crossing over, taking the train, and heading over into that area. So... I'm going to say that just to tell you that right now it's an emergency. Last week uh, I was here in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, speaking with our new president of our Romanian foundation. His name is Mihai Punjala, and you'll see him in a minute. 
But last week we were speaking at Kingsway Christian Church up in Omaha, had no clue that anything like this would happen. Um, he thought there's no way that Russia is going to try and cross that border just, just because how crazy it is that Russia crossed into uh, Ukraine. So last week this was not even an issue. And Mihai leaves to go back to Romania on uh, Tuesday this coming week. So he is not even there now, but his wife and he have 30 people at their house that they're trying to find homes for, for these refugees from Ukraine. And they just, they're pouring into Romania. So if they can get, they, they would prefer to live in Romania because it's a lot more free than Moldova, and Moldova is a very poor country. You know, it's, it's worse off than Romania. So uh, Vlad told me, he said, what we're doing now is we're, we're transporting people from the Vama, the border, and bringing them and it's mostly women and kids that they're bringing because all the guys that are 18 years old up to 60 are required by law to stay in the country of Ukraine. So very interesting times, and I've been telling our staff, you know, it's like for such a time as this, you know, it's not our main goal to help refugees, but there are tons of kids and, and mothers with nowhere to go, and they've just fled with the stuff that's on their backs. And it's a very dangerous thing, and you've, you've been seeing on the news all the explosions happening, and even though, I, I didn't hear the news this morning, but even though they hadn't taken any major cities, all across the country, it's dangerous, and, the, and our workers in Moldova are hearing the bombs that are, are being launched on the uh, Ukrainian people. So we're hearing this stuff, and Vlad, our worker, has been all day for the past couple of days going to the border, picking up families and taking them to places in Chisinau where there's a church that's, that he's taken some people to. So I, I haven't even heard enough because they're so busy just moving people. And I don't know, did you get that border crossing picture, Steve, that I sent? Can you put that one up? So, so Vlad sent me a picture of what he's where he's been going, and he's been going to a, a couple of different uh, customs entry points uh, with uh, Ukraine and Moldova, and he sent me a picture last night of some of the, of one of the crossings where he is. Don't look yet. No, don't, don't. Cover your eyes. There's nothing to see here. Nothing to see. And thank you for coming this morning. No. Okay, so this, this picture was taken in the last two days, and this is what's happening at one of the borders between Ukraine and Republic of Moldova. So Vlad has been going there, picking up people, putting them in our vehicle, driving them to a safe location. And then uh, in Romania, Mihai, our worker there, his wife is holding down the fort, and they have a big ministry house next to a church where he works and they are housing people lying on the floor on mattresses so what we're trying to do now is just uh we're we're trying to gather money so we can buy mattresses blankets that kind of stuff for people helping them to find churches and homes where they can stay and uh, what's nice is in the area that we work work in um and you can see this is just just people with nothing they're just standing at the border to get across uh, if we can go back to the the map of Ukraine again, thank you, Steve. He's he's having to work hard this morning back there. So what what we're so then what we're doing is in in this area. There's going to be a lot of people coming across because there's been a lot with Crimea down here. A lot of people in this area are in danger, so they've just poured into Romania, and it's you know they can cross the border in a boat. The Danube, the Danube River, right here. But uh, in this really eastern part of the southern part of Romania, here, there are lots of Russian villages, and it's some of these villagers don't even speak Romanian. So it's interesting that that we can help because our worker, our new president, Mihai, he knows this county, Tulcea County. His wife is a native there. So he has been working with these churches for a long time. So it's going to be great. We're going to be able to place a lot of these Russian, Ukrainian-speaking people in Russian-speaking villages 
among people who are Christians. So, so it's really exciting, and it's kind of fun to be in the middle of that because I'm working with International Disaster Emergency Services, AIDS, to get a budget so we can send money over for food. Uh, we've, we have just recently done a boot collection, Boots for Moldova, and after we got everything collected, they tried to cross the border, and the Moldovan said that we could not take used shoes into Moldova. And we're like, since when? This is so weird, because I take them all the time. So we had a big, full van load of new and used shoes to give to the Moldovans for winter. Couldn't get it in. Well, now we figure this is God's timing, because now we have a bunch of clothes, a bunch of shoes, and we've already asked these churches for stuff so we can go back again to provide for the U- Ukrainian refugees. So it's kind of cool how God's timing works because we were getting very frustrated, and we had even talked to some people with the government in Moldova who were talking with people at, at the border guard where last this past week we were supposed to be able to take our shoes across, but then this war came up. So very interesting times of what's going on there. So... Um, so right now we're right in the middle of it, and it's exciting, but it's very sad because we, have, we haven't seen something like this where you have non-third world countries that are being attacked. And it's just, it's just weird to see people like us. And so just think how strange if someone came into Missouri and started bombing you, how weird that would be. And it's the people from Iowa. That would just be very strange to see that happen, but this is kind of what's been going on. So, so we're very excited that we can be there and help. A great opportunity for evangelism for us as well. And uh, I don't know how long the refugees will be allowed to come in. We don't know how long they'll stay. But we figure if God has put them in our path, it's going to be someone we're going to try and help as much as we can. So right now, uh, kind of our big thrust for getting funds is to help us. Uh, we need vehicles for both countries that we are already working on, but we need to, to go ahead and get, get the van and the car that we need. And then uh, hopefully IDES is going to give us, uh, this International Relief Service is going to give us money to buy food, mattresses, blankets, all that kind of stuff for the, the people who just crossed the border and have nowhere to stay. And then I understand that UN also has uh, funds available that another one of our workers is trying to see what it takes to get funds to help the people who were helping in Romania. So lots of cool things happening. So please keep us in your prayers because this is not the kind of stuff that we've done with refugees. And so we have... They don't speak Romanian, most of these people, so we're going to have to find Russian-speaking people and Ukrainian-speaking people that I know a lot of them, but Russian is way out of my... You know, when you use the Cyrillic alphabet, I can't even look at a word and see what it means. You know, I can't sound it out to say, how do you say this in English? So so uh, all of our communication is going to be very interesting as we are seeking to do this. But I think we're going to, we have a couple of really good guys that are going to, to pull together a good team to help us to help a lot of people. So uh, praise God that we can, can do that. Okay, so let's go back to the show again there, Steve, and show our slides here. Okay, next slide, please. Okay, so you've just been, now, whenever I show this picture, now you know where it is. It's surrounded by Ukraine. And the Black Sea, again, is right right down here, and that's going to be a pivotal spot also. So it's really interesting to see what Russia is going to try and do during these next weeks, months, years. And I just hope this, I can't see it doing anything but dragging out. So I think it's going to be a while that we're going to have to be helping these refugees. Okay, so this, we got started back in 1995, and don't ask who is this person there. That is me, back when I had hair, a little bit more hair. And, uh, and Walt Blankenship here on the right, he, he and I were the founders of FGCI. The woman on the left had adopted a Romanian girl, so she came over with us, and she had been there already, so it was kind of a neat first trip that we took together. In the beginning, we worked with a lot of babies, 
Now everything has changed since 95 when, when this picture was taken or sometime around that time. Okay, next picture, please. Um, wanted to share with you, Walt Blankenship, the guy that you just saw in the picture, he just died uh, back in December. So, so I was uh, privileged to do his funeral for him. He was 84 years old. He, he died of a lot of complications, multiple health issues. But I don't think COVID was one of them, but it might have been. Um, but he had plenty of issues. But Walt is the guy who came up to me. I had made a video documentary from my first trip that I went in 1993, showed that at my church, and afterwards Walt came up to me and he walked down the he walked down this hallway. So we had this hallway about from here to that door that was by our fellowship hall. And after church, he came around, and I was standing at this little midsection, mid-area where these hallways meet, and he comes walking like this, crying, Joel, what are we going to do for those kids? And that was what got me thinking, well, maybe we should do something to help those people from Council Bluffs, Iowa. So, so after... A lot of time of praying, and Walt's really a go-getter guy. Uh, so after a few months, we were already headed over to Romania, and uh, the rest is history. So that's kind of neat. Okay, next slide, please. So there's our first official team. It was Walt and his wife and granddaughter and me and Mickey Soare and her daughter, Denisa. So that was our official first For God's Children international team. And... Uh, it was quite a trip, so it was, it was a very eye-opening thing. We work with babies, and there's Walt doing a presentation about how we, we would get these clothing bags, and we would have T-shirts, so we would stitch the name of the orphanage on it so the workers wouldn't steal it. So it was kind of a neat plan, and it really got us into a lot of orphanages. Okay, next. So now, this is Mihai, and he's our new for God's, Fundatia, which means Foundation for God's Children in Romania. Those of you who get my newsletters, you, you saw that over the past two and a half years, I've lost like 10 staff members from our work in Romania. And one of our prized team members is Nutsi. She had been the president for over 20 years with our organization. Well, she turned 70 last year, and she, she called me on a Zoom call and said, Joel, I'm turning 70 next month, March 20th. I need to retire this year. And it was just like, oh. and then a month later, month and a half later, Jeremy Beffert, my assistant director at our board meeting, announced that he was going to be resigning from FGCI within the next six months, however long we wanted him to stay until he transitioned out. It, it was a hard, it, the past year has been hard. And we had no one in mind for who was going to take Nutsi's place because Nutsi, we knew that she was retiring, but for two years we couldn't get over there because of the pandemic. So we were, were going to be trying to find a worker during that, those pandemic years, but we couldn't get over there. So I'm like, Nutsi, I don't know who we're going to get, but we will get you out of there. Well, she had met Mihai, um, and behind him here you can see this building. This is a brand-new church building. Uh, it's a Brethren church that he has helped to get built, and he's a <clears throat> contractor guy, trained in that. Well, uh, Nutsi said, this guy named Mihai Punjala contacted me. He'd heard about our ministry in Tulcha, and he said, could I come over and meet you? So he came to our ministry house in Babadag, Romania, and met Nutsi, and, and he looked around at our, our ministry house, and he said, you really need to pick up this yard after because our missionaries, Eli and Sheena Davidson, had returned the year before. So the, the yard was overgrown from our house where they had, had left. So Nutsi said, sure, that would be great if you would come and help. And we have a lot of people who say, hey, Joel, sometime we're going to send a team over to Romania. And I'm always hopeful but never expectant. So I guess that's not good hope. But I need to be more expectant and say, okay, Alan, come on. It's your turn. You sent the wife and the kids, and now it's your turn. But, but uh, Mihai had told Nusi, okay, I'm going to come and help you clean up around your ministry house. And Nusi says, okay, thank you. That'd be great. And she said, I don't know if he'll do it, but it's great. Well, he came back on his own, 
with a group. They cleaned up the whole outside, got all the bush, cut down tree stuff, got it taken away, and sent Nutsi pictures. And this is a Romanian guy. So Nutsi's like, wow, this guy's amazing. He actually followed through. So she, she got talking with him about her need to retire. And he came back with a couple more teams to help do, do ministry projects at our place. And when I went in my, on my first trip, trip back after almost two years in October, I met Mihai um, in October for the first time and talked with him and Nutsi and our staff over there. It's a very skeleton crew now. But we talked and, and said, this is what we're looking to do. You know, so I, I wrote out the, the job description for him. We went through it line by line. And we got done, and he said, I already do 80% of those things. So he said, I am very interested. Now, I just met this guy in October. I had heard about him since last year, probably April, May. So this is all really, really new. But I really do believe that God sent him for such a time as this because he knows the area, Tulcha County, which is where, this, where all these people are coming in from Russia into, or Ukraine now. So he knows this area. He, he's in the ministry. He works with Baptist, Brethren, Pentecostal, all the different major evangelical-type uh, church groups there. So he already has con- great contacts with all these people. So it's neat um, that when I was there, and this is in December, two days after this picture, they were having their first worship service in this building, in this little village called Nikolai Bolchescu. It's just this tiny little speck of a, of a village. And they have built, had built a building for the sanctuary, which is probably oh, a fourth of the size of this room, but big enough for the village church. And the baptistry was going to be used that Sunday for two people that were going to be baptized. It was not done. I mean, they were just painting it and building the thing that sat over the top of the baptistry in the front for the pulpit to be on. It wasn't done. The lights were not hung. They were still painting. They were still working on to get one bathroom working. He got it done in two days. I mean, they worked day and night to get it done. But but praise God, Mihai is that kind of a guy. So he's only 36. He's a year younger than my oldest son. So, man, do I feel old. But, but Mihai is... So, so, Mihai, so Mihai is now in the States, and he's been raising support. He had a trip set up before we hired him. And uh, he's been in California, Florida, Texas, South and North Carolina, all over the place. And so it's been neat. But, but he leaves on Tuesday to go back. When he hits the ground, it's going to be like a tire hitting the pavement when a, when a 747 lands because he doesn't have any time... To, to sit around. He's going to hit the ground running. So uh, really excited that God led him to us and really fun to see how God is at work. So really exciting. Okay, next slide. So there we are again. Next slide. Okay, so on the right, this is Vlad, also another person sent by God, I believe, because Vlad, he is a Moldovan of Moldovans, Mihai on the left is a Romanian of Romanians. For an American guy to talk with two Eastern European guys, it's really hard to communicate. I don't have Jeremy anymore, so now God has sort of pushed me in the deep end and said, you better start swimming. So, my Romaneste este mult mai bine acum pentru că am folosit foarte mult in the last three months. Okay, so my Romanian is having to get better, and I'm communicating. I'm, I'm very thankful for Google. Now, I wanted to read you what Vlad just sent me within the past two hours about what, we're, what our plans are going on over there. So let's see if I can find it quick. Okay, so I translated it, but I, we're trying to get our grant together. So here's what Vlad says. Uh, I had the opportunity to get involved in helping refugees with money, food, and transportation. And this is without any prompting from me. This is just, he's, excuse me, he just started doing that. There are Christian people from Ukraine whom we paid the host in Chisinau. And today I have to help seven Christian refugee families from Ukraine again. So today, Sunday, 
He's going to the border. <clears throat> He's got seven families that were processing their, their documents. Seven families that he will be picking up, taking to the border, going back and getting another group, taking them to the border. The situation is not very good. People left everything and ran away from the war. Men cannot cross the border, only women, children, and men aged 60 and over. It's a lot of grief. I think we could help refugees by buying products, providing the necessary clothes, paying a host for a month or two, insurance with medicines, diapers, etc., emotional support, which is very important at the moment, solving problems with documents. Many have crossed the border with a birth certificate only. They need to have a passport. With money for the personal things they will need to buy, etc. And there are many things that are happening right now, and we need help. So, so this is a, a, a cry from our worker over there just in the past few hours of what's going on. So we're putting out this appeal. If you can help us in any way to help those refugees, you can send a check to FGCI and just put Ukraine or refugee or, or something that's going to alert us that that's what, what those funds are for. Because we think that right now we got to get money over there as quick as we can. So uh, I'm hoping on Monday to get a pretty good check to get started from the International Disaster Emergency Services. But it's really cool because Vlad, on the right, he is another one of these gems that God sent our way. And he is a, a orphanage child. He grew up as an abandoned child. So he is our house parent for our Home of the Good Shepherd kids, which makes him very suitable for, for the work that we're doing. So I'm so glad that God has put these two men close to me. And hopefully all three of us will be able to form a pretty good triangle of support in Eastern Europe now. So very neat. And both of these guys are visionary dreamer type guys. So I'm glad that each of them on their own have already been helping people that have crossed the border without me saying, we should be helping those poor refugees. So they're already doing it. Okay, next slide, please. Okay, this was at Christmas time. I got to be with our family in... Moldova, and this is in Nisperin, Moldova. It's, they can hear at Nisperin the bombing taking place in Ukraine, and it's very scary. Um, our newest girl is this girl right here, Zina, and we don't have her documents yet, so Vlad, I told Vlad, go ahead, and he says we need a passport because if we have to flee into Romania, she doesn't have a passport, so he's working on a passport for Zina. But we have these children that are our foster children in our Christian home. And Vlad and Carolina, um, Carolina's right there. Um, they have three of their own natural daughters that are sitting right there. And then the other kids are all uh, foster children that the state has given us to take care of. And they live in our home of the Good Shepherd. Okay, next. So these are some of our first kids that we had from the home of the Good Shepherd that I got to see at Christmas time. And it's really neat how God is working in their lives. Uh, this guy right here, I'm going to be contacting him, I'm sure, this week because he is with the church in Chisinau, Moldova. He, he became a Christian. You know, these kids became Christians living in our home, the same home that Vlad has the kids now. And now they're all having families of their own. And all, all four of those, no, Sergio, he doesn't have any kids yet. But these other three, they all have their own families. So it's really neat to see how God has taken them from not having parents to them being parents. And it's fun to hear what they say to us. And Julian, a couple of years ago, uh, he sat down with me at a, one of our Bible camps and he said, Joel, I had a lot of parents at the home of the Good Shepherd because I think we went through five sets of foster parents in the time that he was there. And he said... It was good because I learned how to be a good parent and how to not be a parent there. Because he said, all the mistakes that those other parents made, I learned from that as well. So thank you for that. And he and his wife uh, just had their first baby, which he didn't tell me. This is very Eastern European. He did not tell me. He just showed up at our Christmas party with his new baby. And I'm like, oh, Julian, I could just smack you now. Just like... You know, you don't want your grandkid to come over with your children. It's like, come on, Julian. But uh, it's neat. Julian and his brother are, are IT geniuses. They both, I think both of their salaries is well over what I get. And they're, they're Moldovan guys living in 
really bad places, but but they're really exciting uh, to see what's, what God's doing. So kind of neat how God's at work among these people. Okay, next slide. And there we are with some of their extended family. So uh, every Christmas we get together in Kishanau and, and have a Christmas gathering. Next, please. And there's Julian and Laura, his wife, with their new baby. Next, please. Okay, so we just did a Christmas trip, and again, we don't have a lot of helpers, so Vlad and I do a lot of purchasing of stuff and filling Christmas stockings and stuff, but we had some really great uh, Christian Christmas programs over there. Okay, next. Uh, The Gypsy Church. Okay, this is uh, a church that is comprised 99% of gypsies, Rome people. So the Roma, or the Rome, is how the Romanians say Roma, um, this church, I have been watching it for 20 years as it's been going through different phases. I cannot tell you how exciting things are going on at this church. And we have been working with these kids doing vacation Bible schools, taking the teenagers to summer Bible camp. Uh, this past year, we had five kids that came forward to be baptized. And it's just neat what God is doing through uh, Vlad and, and our workers there. So, so here's Vlad, our worker, as he's, as he's preaching. Okay, go ahead. Just a couple slides of him leading. He's a really dynamic guy. Next. And there's one of our girls. She wasn't in that last picture because she was taking the picture. But Veronica is one of our, our helper, one of our foster girls, and she helps us a lot. But we're seeing this church. that We had over 80 people again this year for our Christmas program. So it's really neat. And... Vlad is really great working in the village of Vulcanesh, which is all gypsies. It's about 2,000 gypsies if they're there. Most of them are out of the country working. Uh, So it's really neat to see God working there. Next, please. Even got some of the older people. Um, This is the parents of one of my good friends there. His dad's a year younger than me. (laughs) So so I'm always surprised, but uh, it's really fun. And this, this guy right here, he owns some land right across the street. Like if I was standing here looking at them, right behind me across the street is some land. And we want to help them build a hothouse because they, they have a great location for people driving by to buy like tomato plants and cucumbers and stuff. So we're hoping to start that this spring, depending on what happens with the war. Okay, next Gypsies come in all shapes and colors. This is a, a really cute little blonde girl, and her her cousin is just the cutest little blonde thing. Okay, next. So there they are. Oh, this this little girl right here, Raya, and her sister Silvica, are so precious. And their their dad Alik is one of the leaders at the church there. But they help a lot with singing. But we're seeing how God has been working through the lives of the gypsies. And after 15 good, strong years of ministry, they're actually listening and becoming Christians. It's exciting. Okay, next. Uh, this is a girl who's going to be getting married. And uh, one of our kids who's come to camp, and she and her brother uh, were just both baptized recently. They're, they were two of our camp people that got baptized. And I gave her some, some nice gypsy earrings and some pictures and stuff. But I call her Mona Lisa because I took a picture of her that she looks just like Mona Lisa. Okay, next. This is a, another Roma family, and Arun, the guy standing up there, I made a CD with him of him singing Christian songs in the Romanian or the uh, Gypsy language, Romani. Well, he and his wife and two kids, they live in Vulcanesht. Imagine you're, you're living in Moldova, the poverty, in a village, you are a gypsy, so nobody will hire you, and you're a blind gypsy, and Arun is blind. He's a great musician, but I'm going to ask you to pray for this family because Arun, he's really depressed because of the situation of his life, and he has a brother that got involved in a bad drug deal, fled the country, and now his family is paying the price because he lives, Arun and his family live with his dad in their house, which in his parents' house, which they might lose. So lots of stories like this, but we keep in contact with Arun and Rabina and their kids. Their kids are Daniel on the right and Daniela on the left. I said, 
Arun, what's up with those names? He says, my dad named them. Okay, next. And then here's the Bersan family, and it's, I believe this, this is another family I'd love you to pray for because Alik, on the left, he sort of had his come-to-Jesus moment when he was working in Germany, and now he is really excited for the Lord and doing a lot with leading in church, preaching, teaching, and his kids are the most precious kids. I just love them all. The oldest son, he's an amazing accordion, uh, not the oldest, the son, who is the oldest, plays the accordion, and we help pay for lessons for him because he's going to be using that for the Lord. And really fun. And then the two girls sang. And Aliona, the, the mom, is the hardest worker you ever saw, which is kind of how I got to know this family because she was working at our camp. And she was hand-washing clothes for her family and her parents that I showed you the people standing in the church. So she keeps her kids looking very good, and they're super poor. So we're doing what we can to help them as well. Okay, next. And there they are. They gave me a little, they always give me a little concert. Okay, next. And this is a typical gypsy home at night. Gypsies love the night. They get together. They'll, they'll start getting together about 9 o'clock, and they'll eat stuff, and then they'll sing and have fellowship until 1, 2 in the morning. And then they might get up the next day at noon. So it's a very different time shift. They work, but it's just a time shift. So this, I went over there after Christmas, and a lot of these people are just friends from church that have come over to the house. Okay, next. Okay, uh, one of the things that we're, that we're really going to start pushing now is our sponsor link program. And we, this is a way that you can know, okay, how are my dollars being used specifically? So one of our things is we want to help girls like this. Espanka is the girl's name um, with Down syndrome right here. And Espanka is 14 years old, very rarely gets out of her house because in the gypsy village, <clears throat> she gets made fun of when she's walking out, and her mom doesn't want her to see that, and that's her mom there on the left. And so her mom keeps her in the house away from people. And so I'm trying to tell her mom, do not do that. Get her out there and help her to learn to talk. She can't speak because she's had no speech therapy. Um, she has very few social skills. Uh, next slide, please. I hope I got that. Okay, so I took this picture, selfie, knowing she's going to knock the, my phone out of my hand. And so her, I went to take the picture, and her mom goes, no, 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 and comes just as the spanky hits my hand. But I was doing the death grip. I knew it was coming. I had thought ahead, and she didn't knock it down. But we want to help Espanka. So each month, <clears throat> we're giving their family, I think her family, we're giving them $75 a month to help her because she, she still needs diapers. She still needs special care. There's a, a town a couple hours away that they have to take her to for help. Okay, next. Okay, then uh, Vlad and Carolina, the top left in the back row there, these are our precious kids, and oh, I love being with these kids. And it's fun seeing how God's at work in their life. And these two, this is a natural brother and sister. And then this girl and this girl are sisters, natural sisters. This boy, his brother was with us, but his brother is 20 years old now, and he, he's working in their hometown. And then Zena, she's our newest girl that came to us two years ago. And I just met her when I went in October last year. And she is super smart and very tall for her age, too. She's just nine. Um, but uh, it's fun working with those kids. Well, next year, next, next fall, Veronica is going to be going to college, we hope. And Roman, her brother, is going to be going to a trade school. Um, he finished nine, nine grades. And over there, the trade school is a great route for those guys. So we try and help the kids in all aspects of life, but especially that they know Christ the Savior. So that is a wonderful thing happening there. Okay, next. There's Mia Sina. She picked out this little piece of jewelry that I took over, this, this dragonfly. But special, sweet girl. Super smart. Very serious. A very serious girl. Helpful. When she first came, she would steal food and hide it underneath her pillow and underneath her, her bunk because she came from a very poor village and they, they had to tell her, Zena, you don't need to steal. You can, there's all the food and more that, that, 
then you can eat for you. So don't worry. So she has just become a great person. Uh, another group that we're helping with our uh, sponsor link is people like this. This guy is an amazing drummer. He had a drum set set up in one of the rooms of his house. And it's like, um, Valerio, could I hear you drum? So he goes in there and it's, and he's, you know, he's like, I think he's a couple years younger than me too. Anyway, his uh, son, his grandson uh, has been basically abandoned by his mother. And so Valerio took Alexandru into his house to take care of him because his, his daughter wasn't doing a good job. Well, he has, like, spinal problems, like, like uh, what's, uh, scoliosis. And Alexandru was undernourished. He had a, a long tapeworm. I think they said it was, like, 30 feet long, if I got it right. But they took that out, and then he started gaining weight again. But he, just a horrible thing. Um, but now we help this family, and so every month we give them food and money that they can use for the needs they have. Next slide. Okay, now. Are we supposed to be done now? When are we supposed to be done, Jared? Whenever I'm done. We can make that work. Okay. Okay, now, this is a cool story, how God leads people. Now, I, would, I love hearing people's stories of how they came to know Christ the Savior. You're going to love this story. Okay, this is at our home of the Good Shepherd, where Vlad works. This was one of our two outdoor dogs, and I can't remember this dog's name. It's got a funny name. So this dog is a little meaner than the other one, and we didn't need to. So Vlad, he, he got a, a Facebook marketplace, whatever their version of that is, over in Nisperen, that somebody in their area was looking for a guard dog just to tie up outside, just to, to bark. And most of the people, they just put a, a dog in their yard that barks so they know if someone's jumped the fence. So he says... I only need one, so I'll bring it to you. So he drove to the village, which is about 10 minutes from Nisperan, takes this dog and drops it off. Comes back home. After two hours, he gets a call. Come and get your dog. It just bit my husband. It's like, oh, so he, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll be right over and pick it up. He goes back to the house, meets the, this couple, Sasha and Christina, and they have a little boy. And he says, I'm so sorry, you know, Sorry that happened. You know, he's he's doesn't really he's not a bad dog, but maybe there's just something about Sasha that he doesn't like. Well, the woman said, "Well, get rid of the dog. We we don't need a dog biting my husband." So, Vlad says, "You know, tell me about you know t- tell me about your life. I I, I uh, work at this home of the Good Shepherd." And so he he uses lots of opportunities for evangelism. Well, he got talking, realized that this couple were raised in an orphanage, just like he was. So they had that in common. So he says, I was raised in an orphanage too. I was abandoned by my parents. And so that was something common. Well, they said, well, we grew up together in the orphanage, and then we were just were sweethearts in high school, and we got married right after high school. So he said, well, do you know about the Lord Jesus? Do you know about the gospel? And have you read God's word? And they're like, no, we don't. We've never really heard that. We've heard of Jesus. We've heard of the Bible, but we don't know what this Evangelia is. What's Evangelia, the, the gospel? So he proceeded to tell them that he had come to Christ basically because he'd been an orphan and went to a Christian camp. And he said, you know, Jesus died to take away your sins. And they started crying right there. And he said, do you want to come and learn more about Jesus? Because I'm going to be leading a camp for gypsies in just a couple of weeks, would you like to come? And so we sponsored them going to camp. And it's like, you know, bring your son and come. So they came to camp for a week. They got to hear the gospel. They got to hear the Bible. They got to hear about the Christian life. At the end of the week, they told Vlad, this is what we want in our life. We want to follow Jesus. Well, the, the week after I left from my trip in December, and I had just met them, I found, or uh, Vlad sent me a message and they had been baptized at our home of the Good Shepherd. We have this little portable baptistry that, that Vlad has put together somehow. So next slide, please. So here's the couple, Sasha and Christina. And I can't remember their son's name right now. And then they just had another baby. I didn't know she was pregnant. I'm glad I didn't ask, though, when her baby was due. 
I just thought she was a little chubbier, but she was nine months pregnant when I was there. Anyway, Sasha and Christina are super excited for the Lord. Next. So here they are in the baptistry just a week after I was there uh, in December. So really cool to see God at work in their life, and they are so happy. I think God is preparing them to work with us, too, because Sasha is a great worker. We've been praying for a job for him, and he got a job a couple weeks ago. So we're super excited because he's a really neat young, young man. So they're 25-ish years old. Okay, next. So there they are with the Bible. So Vlad and Carolina, super evangelistic. Next. And there he is with the dog. He said, I want to take that dog back because that's the dog that led me to God. So we think that's really cool. His wife said no. Okay. <laughs> then we're also working with deaf people. And the girl on the right, the far right and the white, and her mother-in-law, which is in the flower dress, uh, they live together in this apartment. So we're also helping the deaf to, uh, to know the Lord. And Vlad meets these people, and it's just so cool. He's not afraid of any language barrier. And he'll gesture and sign to them. And he works with an alcoholic guy in Nisperan that he sees on the street who's deaf. And he'll go, you know, like, God, you know, he loves you. And, you know, he doesn't know sign, but... He talks to this guy and is very evangelistic, so it's neat. Okay, now this woman that was in that picture, here's another amazing story, and I'll keep it really short. Valia, who adopted the, the deaf girl off the street, was not a Christian just 20 years ago, and she was a, a really rough person. Her husband's an alcoholic who still beats her from time to time, but she lives with him because now she's a Christian. Well, she uh, was a thief in her village, she went into a house to get some stuff that she could steal and sell. Couldn't find anything of value to her, but she found this Bible that was in pretty good shape. She stole the Bible. A little bit later, she thought, i got nothing better to do. I'll just read this book. She became a Christian just from reading a stolen Bible. And I did not know the story till 10 minutes after I took this picture because Valia had to leave to, to get back to her village. And Vlad said, let me tell you about Valia. And now we help Valia with a bicycle. And she goes to this village of Sokolin and delivers food. So we give her lots of, of food uh, bags, like these $30 bags that we send every month. And she takes and distributes that with a bicycle we bought her. So talk about weird. I heard two weird stories just in a couple of days. It's like everyone says, did she give the Bible back? I don't know yet. I got to ask Valia. Okay, next and there we are at our Christmas program, so we brought Sasha and Christina and Valerio and Alexandru next. Fun to see our kids praying and reading God's Word next. Vlad is very dramatic, and he did a great Christmas program talking about uh, Jesus and the, the night he was born. Okay, next. And then there's our two kids going off, to, leaving our house this fall, coming fall, Lord willing. So we really pray for them. So Veronica and Roman. And Roman, his, his voice is now down here. He used to be, you know, like this. I get over there and like that. So Ruslan, fun kids, keep it going. They're the kids getting ready to go to school. And it's amazing how they go through clothing and shoes because they walk to school every day, and it's about a mile away. So interesting. And then there's Carolina and Vlad. And next, and there's our food stuff. Okay, Christmas. This is in, okay, so there you see Mihai. So we did our Christmas program. This is back in Romania now. So we work at this center for mentally challenged adults. Okay, next. And there, uh, we always sing a lot of songs with these people because it's really comforting to these people with mental disabilities. And there's Nutsi. She's still volunteering with us, even though she's not on staff. And she's teaching a lesson, and everybody loves Mama Nutsi, and she's really good at telling stories for them. Here is, is uh, Mihai and Nutsi on a chance. Nutsi said, I want to see what you do, Mihai. So she went with him as he was delivering some food to these uh, women in this home. There he is preaching. He's a good preacher, very evangelistic. And uh, he wants everyone to know about Christ. And that's our goal with all the things we do, that we don't just... Uh, give them stuff, but we, that we tell them the gospel. So there we are handing out stuff. 
And there's one of the hats that one of our people gave us to give away, and they love their, those stocking hats every year. Give them a lot of food. But these are precious, precious people that we've been serving for 20-some years. And it's, it's really good to get there. Uh, the, the physical conditions haven't changed that much, but the, the spirits of the people and their love for the Lord has really gone up. Okay, So there, this woman here is our worker, Nicoletta. In the, we have a sunshine room that's like a therapy center for activities for people to come in. And we are, Steve, by the way, tell Lydia, we are looking for people to go work over there. So she would be working with Nicoletta, who is an amazing, sweet woman. She's an Orthodox Christian right now. We're working on her to, to know Christ in a deeper way. She doesn't know the Bible too much, but she is a little ray of sunshine in our sunshine room. And then my dear, precious Yonella right here, she's kind of the reason that we have the sunshine room. And so it's fun for me to uh, go see her each time, and my goal is to be able to talk with her. Uh, then we're helping lots of people. Stefan now lives independently and has a job at a bakery, and we're helping him with teeth problems. And oddly enough, he's standing by another guy that really needs some help with his teeth. And there's Stefan. And next, I think we're close to the end. And... That's my nephew who just moved. He married one of my interpreters. Yes, I had something to do with it. And now they're living in our ministry house, so they're going to be helping with our Ukrainian refugees next. That's it. So thank you, and we got two minutes and 57 seconds to get ready for church. So I'll stay as long as you want afterwards and talk with you. Thank you. Thanks for your support. Good to see you. Make sure I get a touch you before you leave. Hugs or embraces. Yes. Thank you. Did you have a comment, question, or do you want to? That's okay. Why are they, the clothing they're wearing? Um, I'm not sure which picture. Some are dressed very nice, but that's about all they have, so... And we, we send clothes, but we're not sending them now because of the pandemic. So right now, money is the best way. So thank you very much. I know I blathered on a lot, but thank you.